This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to be here today with you. Today's show is entitled, You Can Take This Mask and Shove It. We don't wear it here anymore. Yes, if you're wondering if my wife tried to talk me out of that title, the answer is yes. If this topic wasn't so pathetic, I'd be in stitches rolling over and over on my office carpet in uncontrolled laughter over what's happening with blue state governors and their autocratic face mask mandates. Now, in full disclosure, I must say that my darling wife doesn't appear to get the same relief I do as she watches my rolling over and over floor behavior. I explained to her that it's far less expensive than seeking professional mental health care for this behavior of immense cathartic relief. Well, I can't wait to get started. So right at the top of today's show, I'm going to play a clip of Senator Cassidy, who also happens to be a physician, a gastroenterologist, in fact. Now, given his medical background, gastroenterologists, as you probably know, wade through a load of crap on a routine basis. My guess is that Senator Kennedy, Dr. Kennedy, finds politics in the U.S. Senate no less full of it piled high and at times very thick. No, it's not a pretty image, that's for sure. No, sir. No, ma'am. Senator Cassidy is about to question Dr. Vitek Murthy, the United States Surgeon General. Now, Dr. Murthy is reporting to this Senate committee about the mental health devastation our children, our children, have and are experiencing over the course of this COVID pandemic going on well past two years now. It's not COVID-19 per se. It's not the COVID-19 per se that's that's harming our children. In fact, few children, fewer than, say, 425 out of 61 million children have died with COVID-19 as an accompanying disease, an accompanying disease, a co-diagnosis. I'll explain that in a moment. The harm public health leaders like Dr. Murthy are causing are secondary to their misguided COVID-19 mitigation strategies. I'm talking about strategies like school lockdowns, school closings, and remote learning, in which learning is truly remote and nearly non-existent. I'm talking about mandatory masking of children, which is causing untold harm and devastation across school-aged children in America. Mandatory masking of children makes no sense today, If it ever did, school-aged children have such a low risk of suffering from COVID infections that the risk can't even be statistically estimated with any degree of confidence. Dr. Murthy, despite being a physician, often talks out of all sides of his very political mouth, claiming everything he said is, is somehow connected to the science. You know, these people are all following the science. That's about as lame as you know, the low-hanging fruit, or all the other cliches that we hear nowadays. But if you listen closely, Dr. Murthy is more often talking about political science and not medical or physical sciences. 
Nevertheless, he manages to shuffle them in the same manner as a three-card Monty dealer. I don't know if you know what that is, but if you're unfamiliar with three-card Monty, it's also known as find the lady or the three-card trick. It's a confidence game in which the victims, or we'll call them marks, are tricked into betting some sum of money on the assumption they can find the money card among three face-down playing cards. It's very similar to the shell game, except face cards are used instead of shells. You'll find our very best disingenuous politicians have mastered question-and-answer interviews with this shell game. They're masters at it, believe me. They lay it all out in front of you and leaving you guessing as to what they really said and meant well after they're gone. Now, Dr. Murthy is the dyed-in-the-wool woke Democrat, aren't they all in the Biden administration, who has publicly spoken in favor of mandatory masking of school-aged children. Well, knowing the long-term damage masking is costing children, but pretending all along the way that masking is in the best interest of children. We must protect them from monster COVID. After all, we're just following the science. Public health leaders like this Surgeon General and Drs. Fauci and Walensky believe they must sufficiently scare the curiosity out of children so they comply. All this while in the interim, teachers can bombard children with confusing and suspicious ideas about their true gender identity. Mom, am I really a girl? Well, my teacher said, Don't laugh. This happens far more frequently than you'd wish to know. Remote learning was also a great time to begin the long road of indoctrination about systemic racism and its role and their role in this evil. That is, until parents began to tune in. At a different time, including his recent testimony before the Senate, Dr. Murthy has said children are being harmed by mandatory K-12 COVID mitigation measures. While he admits that masking and school lockouts are the two most damaging mitigation measures for the psyche of children, he nevertheless fails to state the obvious. Mitigation strategies do far more damage than good by a country mile. Now that most schools are back to in-person instruction, Face masks remain the culprit, yet Dr. Murthy skates the margins of truth. Here's Dr. Murthy's answer to another senator's questions about masking children and the role local districts and state governors have in masking policies. This question comes on the heels of multiple Democrat governors just announcing they're abandoning, or should I say lifting, school masking mandates. Apparently, they've seen the proverbial writing on the wall, and that script says neither parents nor students are going to tolerate another week of this unscientific nonsense. To date, the federal government cannot cite one, they can't find one definitive study, a peer-reviewed study, a well-constructed study, showing that masks, face masks on children make one damn bit of difference in infection reduction or in COVID transmission. Here's Dr. Murphy's malarkey answer to the masking question. Well, Senator, I appreciate that question. And I think you're exactly right to point out the fact that year three going into this pandemic, there are a lot of people who are frustrated, who are tired, 
uh, who are exhausted. And, and I think we've got to take that into account as we think about the next stages of, of the response. When it comes to masks, Senator, what we know, what we've learned in the last few years in particular, is that masks are a helpful tool to help reduce spread uh, of the virus. When we look at schools, in fact, that have masking, there is less spread and there are, in fact, fewer school closures as a result of there being less spread of the infection. Now, do, do parents in an ideal setting want their kids in masks? No parent would want a mask if it's not needed. Um, but I think what our goal should be is to get to a place where we can pull back on these uh, types of restrictions as often, as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. And in that process, there will be, uh, I think, a very important role that states and localities play in tailoring uh, the approach based on their individual uh, community circumstances. I think increasingly, finally, as we look at this pandemic, we see uh, that we have more tools now uh, to help address the pandemic, to give people, to empower people, rather, uh, to keep themselves safe, whether those are masks or therapeutics, uh, vaccines and boosters. Show me the study. Show me the study, Dr. Murphy. Show us the study that says masks work. Masks work for COVID-19. You knew you'd be asked this question, Dr. Murphy. But you didn't bring one measly study to support your lying claim that masks work with COVID-19. You have a staff of hundreds, yet you brought nothing to support your claim. Instead, we agree. You're very good at dancing around the five-minute clock until the time runs out and you're on to the next senator's time clock. Furthermore, being tired and COVID-fatigued is a specious excuse to stop what's working, or is it working? Treatment fatigue has nothing to do with COVID mitigation strategies if these strategies are truly meaningful and actually save lives, children's lives. But there's the rub. If face masks work, you stick with it until you've conquered the disease. Listen, when you're halfway across the river, you don't say... Let's stop here. We're tired and we'll finish crossing tomorrow. You either cross now or you drowned. But we're not trying to cross a river and masks are clearly not working to save sickness or lives. Blue state governors are watching the opinion polls. Oh, yeah, they are. They're watching what's going on in Canada. Can you believe what's going on in Canada? My nerves. Who would have thought it of the Canadians? You have to ask yourself, where are we? Their staffs, these governor staffs, are reading all the mental health medical literature that's heaping scorn on senseless mitigation techniques like childhood masking. They know what turned the election in Blue State, Virginia, red. Fire engine red. They're nobody's fools. If the Fauci's, the Walensky's, the Surgeon General's, if they wish to go down with their sinking ship, so be it. But they're manning the lifeboats, these governors are, and they're getting off of Biden's ghost ship. They're also keenly aware that Biden's entire fleet of progressive quasi-Marxist ships are ghosting something terrible. Every Biden ship is taking on water far faster than the propaganda media can bail. They're all finding out lies don't work when water's coming on board faster than it's going out. This is a simple truth that the biblical Noah learned well on the ark. 
It's reported Noah petitioned the Lord to skip taking two of every kind. But the Lord was firm in his command, and he ordered Noah to take two of every kind. I do have it from a back-channel communication that, had it been left up to Noah, the evil left would have become an extinct species after 40 days and 40 nights. What people are sick and tired of is following mandatory masking policies they know make no infectious disease sense. But instead, instead these things cause serious speech pathologies, cause social and emotional trauma, depressive episodes, breathing difficulties and breathing anxieties that didn't exist before the mandatory masking went into effect. And we've yet to witness the legacy fear of public speaking these mask mandates have potentiated in our children. Importantly, parents have lived with watching masks grossly interfere with their children's human communications and comprehension of lessons being taught. Even when when the masks come off at home, the residual effects are frighteningly cruel. Do you realize, I want you to think about this, do you realize there are first and second graders who have never seen the unmasked face of their teachers or many of their classmates? And the question, the question, the most powerful question anyone could ask is why? Why are my children struggling, suffering, bearing, and being subjected to this voodoo medicine? Why, 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 why aren't we asking this question every day? Do you believe Dr. Murthy, the nation's surgeon general, answered the question of why about masks? Or did he engage us in a game of three-card Monty? Think about it. But let's go back to Senator Cassidy. This forthcoming clip of Dr. Senator Cassidy, he's setting up a question for Dr. Murthy about shutdowns and mandatory masking public health policies as a public health policy. He's citing a recently published economic study out of Johns Hopkins University. This study was conducted by Hopkins economists, not medical scientists and certainly not political scientists. By the way, the the name of Johns Hopkins is, in fact, Johns, not John Hopkins. Who knows why his mother named him with an S on the end of his name, John. (laughs) But but there it is for good. The poor guy, many folks are often confused as to whether to say John or Johns. It's Johns. Here's the Cassidy clip. Um, There is an article that just came out. Literature review and meta-analysis on the effects of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality. Studies in applied economics coming out of Johns Hopkins. Prestigious institution, prestigious, well-accomplished authors, and doing a meta-analysis of, I think, 16 different studies. Now, a couple things. They spoke about non-pharmaceutical interventions. And one thing they say, they use it to describe any government mandate which directly restrict people's possibilities. Closing schools or businesses, mandated face masks, etc. So pretty broad. Now they found no statistical correlation. Let me, in fact, let me read the second paragraph of there. With this meta-analysis, concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects. They have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. In consequence, 
lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. Now, we speak of science guiding what we do. Clearly, we've seen that children have suffered, both in terms of learning loss and the lack of a detection of their possible mental health issues, physical health issues, etc. By the way, um, the White House has refused to comment on this study. Moreover, none of the legacy networks like ABC, NBC, CBS, nor the New York Times, the Washington Post, or any of those such papers has mentioned this study. And the results really don't advance their lies and propaganda, especially about mandatory face masks for children. No, I'm not going to play Dr. Murthy's long-winded political science response. If you're interested in it, though, you can go to YouTube and the whole committee meeting can be had. Dr. Murthy confined his answer about mandatory masking to things we're still learning and that masks have played an important and foundational role in blocking the spread of COVID on some planet in some universe far off to infinity and beyond. Ah, what horse manure. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, a, a former FDA commissioner, I'm sure you've seen him many times. He's on one of the one of not two or three of the morning Sunday shows. He, he's also on the board of Pfizer Pharmaceutical. Recently, he said, at best, cloth and surgical masks block approximately 2% of COVID viruses from infecting people. <laughs> 2%? Really? I think that's probably 100% too high. Uh, that was very Christian of him to say 2%. I'd like to know where he got that number from. I think he probably pulled it from someone's armpit or some other anatomical site. Uh, well, I'm going to jump ahead of myself here for a moment. The most indictable piece of evidence against the Biden administration's in-your-face mask mandates is this. Two weeks ago, Joe Biden was able to stay cogent long enough to say his government, now I've been under the delusion for 72 years that the government belonged to you and me, but nonetheless, well, his government was going to ship some 400 million N95 and KN95 masks to every family address in America. That was very that was very Christmassy of them, wasn't it? The supply chain apparently it still must be jammed up because I haven't gotten my mask yet. But anyway, uh, masks currently being worn in Congress are KN95. So these are the ones made in China. You know, probably by the Uyghurs, but uh, who knows. Uh, N95s are manufactured here in the United States, KN95s in China, FFP2s, I don't know how they came up with that uh, 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 moniker. Those masks are made in Europe, and there's a host of other such initial and alphabet uh, acronyms for these masks that are like N95s made other places. And if you just go ahead and, and Google N95s, from 3M, you can get the uh, the fact sheet on all these different masks and their flow dynamics and et cetera, et cetera. Now, you have to ask, I certainly ask, why, or back to why, why if surgical masks have been the standard and sufficient for the CDC and Dr. Fauci, who up till recently wore a cloth face mask, if these surgical masks have been okay for 24 months, 
why the N95s now? And even the N95s only work under very specific instructions. Now, I know this for several reasons, apart from being a registered respiratory therapist for years, but our son's an IC, adult ICU RN, and uh, he had to go through these um, procedures while, uh, while attending to patients in the ICU. First, no facial hair. Beards are out. That's for women, too, by the way. It's all, it's all very equitable. Uh, these masks have to be fitted to your face. No leaks at any junction point between the mask and your skin on your face. Wearing them for more than two hours at a time can cause headaches and fatigue and may increase your blood carbon dioxide and lower your blood oxygen levels during physical stress or exercise. Furthermore, these masks are listed as quote-unquote single-use only, meaning you can't keep wearing them day after day ad infinitum. Now, some consumer magazines claim you can use N95s up to five times before you have to dispose them. But I suppose it depends. Uh, So what is one family going to do with one N95 mask from Joe Biden? Well, keeping in the tradition of sarcasm that I've been throughout today's broadcast, I suppose you can keep it under glass with a small blunt tool next to it and a small sign saying, break glass in case of a pandemic. Here's a clip of Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who I respect very much, on N95 masks. Well, the dialogue around, we need to do these things to keep us safe. That is going to continue this panic pandemic into perpetuity. And no, N95, sending them to every American household is a complete waste of resources. It is not attainable, and it certainly is not going to have the uh, effect that uh, Senator Sanders would like it to have. The average American in average day settings should not be wearing an N95 mask. Children certainly should not, as there is no data showing a healthy child wearing this mask is a benefit to them. Where it needs to be is targeted for healthcare workers who are in sustained contact with immunocompromised patients and patients with COVID-19. And also for people who are immunocompromised, they would benefit from these higher quality, higher filtration masks. But again, the average healthy American in everyday settings should not be wearing these. You are really only supposed to wear them one interaction at a time. The moment you move your mask, the moment you adjust it or take it down to have a sip of coffee or a child takes off their mask to have lunch, you have broken that seal. And any protection that you had from the N95 is essentially gone at that point. Could you hear it in Dr. Sapphire's voice? I'm not the only one who gets excited talking about this nonsense. Also, Dr. Sapphire mentioned Senator Sanders because he was lauding Joe Biden for sending these 400 million N95s and KN95s out to American families. One at a time for one time only. (laughs) Joe Biden is so fond of saying he's applied the National Defense Production Act on all sorts of COVID personal protective equipment. Let me ask you, if masking was a critical part of a mask-led national effort to stem the spread of COVID, why didn't he do this starting day one in the White House. Oh, I forgot. That was the day he destroyed all the Trump policies. Uh, Stopping the XL pipeline, opening the border, on and on and on, stuff like that. But the truth? Yes. What's the truth? What's the truth about face masks? Well, 
The truth is it's all quite pathetic. That is, it's all pathetic if you're listening to the truth according to the progressive Democrats' propaganda. Not just the crap about face masks, but everything coming out of the White House and the Democrat National Committee. Our public health physicians are all politicians today. In the past, I have been very critical of Dr. Robert Redfield, the former CDC director under President Trump. Redfield totally screwed up the CDC's early-phase diagnostic testing of COVID in January and February of 2020, sending the U.S. back months in developing a valid and reliable COVID testing system. Now, Redfield is one of those passive-aggressive characters you meet in organizations. People who, for instance, this guy in our federal, he shouldn't have, he should have never been in a post like the CDC director. Evidence, he's one of the cowards who made a, made a pact with tiny tyrant Fauci. Tiny tyrant Fauci, I have to get that down a little better. And Dr. Deborah Burks, that if Trump tried to fire Dr. Fauci, because Fauci was a little concerned about that, that all three of them would resign at a sign of unanimous protest. Too bad uh, Trump didn't pull the trigger. Anyway, I contend these three so-called public health doctors have done more damage to America's health than the original virus itself. And I'm not joking. Tens of hundreds of infectious disease physicians claim that 70 to 80% of those who died of COVID didn't need to die had Dr. Fauci allowed them to focus on early ambulatory treatments and interventions instead of face masks and social distancing and waiting for vaccines. But a full discussion of this topic is just going to have to wait for another Frankly Daniel episode. Boy, I've got a lot of them lined up. To highlight the duplicity of Redfield, I have two audio clips to share with you. But before I play these two clips, I'm going to play for you the CDC director's, uh, Dr. Wachel Walensky's response to so many blue state governors announcing they're repealing school mask mandates in the coming weeks. Cases, um, we look at hospitalizations, we've been reporting hospitalizations, we look at deaths, and of course those decisions are made at the local level. But at this time, we continue to recommend masking in areas of high and substantial transmission. Um, that's m- much of the country right now. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to... Take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back, because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show. And I'm not kidding. Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Out Loud Talk Radio, this is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's 
focus, and recall vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD, for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Invincible American spirit drives the most audacious experiment in the history of self-government. America Out Loud celebrates the American spirit every minute of every day. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Before the break, we were talking about the CDC director, Dr. Michelle Walensky, and her doubling and tripling down on mask mandates for school-aged children. Now, she's doing this despite the fact that within the last 48 hours, 11 Democrat governors, you know, those, those guys and gals in very blue states, who rule with ironclad fists, well, these political animals are have come to some kind of uh, epiphany that it's time to repeal, or as they like to say in the language of autocratic monarchs, they're lifting their mask mandates. Now, Dr. Redfield, who I've said before I've been very critical of in the past, uh, was on the Martha McCallum show on Fox News February 10th of 2022. He responded to Dr. Walensky's declaration that the CDC is going to continue its ill-found guidance to mask, mask, and mask. I don't agree uh, with that. It's not so much, you know, where it is in the larger community, but what is it in the setting that you're actually in? Uh, With the debate about schools, schools have always been a very low transmission zone for uh, COVID. And uh, I think this is what many people are realizing uh, that uh, the risk of uh, transmission acquisition within the school setting is extremely low, even if one is in a community where there is uh, significant transmission. Well, um, okay, that's that's a pretty good answer so far. Um, he's putting it a little bit in context. I think that's I think that's helpful. What else did he have to say? Yeah, I'm totally against mandates, uh, both for vaccine and for mask. I think it's time again. We're going to be with COVID-19 for the rest of time. But I don't think, again, the school setting is a safe setting. I'm not an advocate for uh, mandatory mask mandates. If parents want their children to wear masks, the parents should have that right. If the, uh, if the parents don't want their children to wear masks, the parents should have that right. 
Holy smokes. I, I'm beginning to like this guy. I can't believe that uh, this guy, this fellow that I just really didn't have a high opinion of because he's really had some bizarre things to say in the past and do it. Well, it, he's turning out to be an okay guy. Well, what else did he have to say? Yeah, I would challenge, the, you know, I challenge my colleagues to put forth the actual definitive data and evidence that they're so confident uh, in their policy recommendations. I, I don't think they have it. I think they're expressing their opinion. Well, I, I couldn't be in more agreement that that's exactly what the uh, CDC has been doing. They've actually, let me correct that, they're not expressing their opinion. They're expressing the opinion of Joe Biden and all those uh, people in the White House they're actually expressing their collective opinion about what the White House should do, ergo what the CDC should be putting out. So uh, very interesting. He thinks that it's time to challenge the data. Where Where is the proof? Uh, where is the beef? Show me the money and all those other expressions like that. But, you know, I, I've got another clip I'd like to play for you. This uh, final clip of Dr. Redfield is testimony he gave before the Senate in November of uh, 2020, that's when he was still employed as the CDC director and working for the Donald Trump. Here it is. I'm not going to comment directly about the president, but I am going to comment as the CDC director that uh, uh, face masks, these face masks, are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. And I will continue to appeal for all Americans, all individuals in our country, to embrace these face coverings. I've said it, if we did it, for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, we'd bring this pandemic uh, under control. These actually, we have clear scientific evidence. They work and they are our best defense. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine because the immunogenicity may be 70%. And if I don't get an immune response, the vaccine's not going to protect me. This face mask will. So I do want to keep asking the American public to take the responsibility, particularly the 18 uh, to 25-year-olds, where we're seeing the outbreak in America continue to go like this because we haven't got the acceptance, the personal responsibility that we need for all Americans to embrace this face mask. Uh, excuse me? Hello. Hello. Uh did I just hear what I heard? Uh, and how does how does that reconcile with the prior clip I just played? Here it is again. Yeah, I would challenge the, you know, I challenge my colleagues to put forth the actual definitive data and evidence that they're so confident uh, in their policy recommendations. I I don't think they have it. I think they're expressing their opinion. Let me make something perfectly clear. This challenge that Dr. Redfield's talking about is a challenge to the mask-wearing data that the CDC doesn't have. But somehow, Dr. Redfield assured us in November of 2020 that masks were even more important than warp speed vaccines. Unbelievable. So what do you think about that? Well, of course people have the, the right, and they, they should have the right. This is a free speech country, by the way, still to change their minds and say something different. But, you know, when you're in a position like this, you'd think that the responsible thing to do would be to correct a record and reference the fact that you were in the tank on masks back in 2020 when, you know, you were really 
anti-Trump in so many ways in, 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 in your dialogue. And Trump was sort of anti-mask. He didn't just didn't see the practicality. He looked at all the same evidence that was available. And he said, well, you know, I, I'm not a medical guy or a scientist or anything else, but this just doesn't add up to me. But, you know, you had all these other people like Redfield and Fauci and Dr. Burks and the Surgeon General and and everybody was piling on. You know, got to have masks. I mean, the evidence is there. This is the great uh, way we're going to conquer uh, COVID. And all you need is just one, only one surgical mask to conquer all these problems. Dr. Redfield brought one surgical mask to this Senate uh, hearing. And during his testimony, he held it up high so that everyone, including all the cameramen, could get a clean shot of this bulwark against the lethal, ubiquitous, ever-present COVID-19 virus. <laughs> of course, no, no news anchor is going to ask today. They're not going to ask him, oh, what about his ridiculous Senate testimony back in November of 2020? And Dr. Redfield is a ter- he's just terrible at political theater, especially when he dressed it up in supposed medical science. Oh, my nerves. Face mask disease. That's what I'm calling it. Face masks are more than a political football. Perhaps face masking children is actually a cult. I'm beginning to believe that face masks are a disease that left untreated are guaranteed to inflict long-term damage to multiple dimensions of children's health. You're darn right I'm passionate about political science being used by progressive Democrats to rule the health sciences. I've given 50 years of my life to health sciences. Yes, there's an important role to be played by the science of social marketing and health care. It's about how to get the true messages effectively and efficiently out to the public about the advances in medical and health sciences that are proven to help you and your family thrive. How to avoid infections, to deal with infections. But who do you trust? This is, um, this is my take on trust. For me, trust operates on a very reactive on and off switch. Lie to me, repeatedly lie to me, and I turned a trust switch off uh, immediately. Once trust in a messenger or activist is lost, once the trust switch is turned off, the trust light, the trust bulb that alights when trust is on, once this bulb is burned through, it almost never, or as close to never as you can get without it being never, it, it just will not relight, no matter how many times you flip the darn switch on and off. The flagrant perversity of truth by the Biden administration is an intended disease. Progressive Democrats, those I and many other conservative commentators call the quasi-Marxist among us, intend on crushing our trust in our once-hallowed institutions like the CDC. No, you may not, you may remember this, you may not. Susan Collins, yeah, you know, that's Susan Collins, the frustrating Republican senator from Maine who votes as if she uh, is a Democrat. At least she thinks she's a Democrat, I think. She said in a, a Senate committee meeting some six months ago, 
And she said this while addressing Dr. Walensky, the CDC director. And I'm going to paraphrase her comments. But in essence, this is what she said. Quote, I used to consider the CDC the gold standard when it came to medical and health care information. I'm no longer under that delusion. Now, on February 10, 2022, 24 hours after 11 Democrat governors decided to buck the CDC guidance and White House wishes, Joe comes out and he says, these governors are making a mistake by not following the science. You're back to that, that circular trap. The science, the science, boss, it's the science. Their acts, he says, are premature. Now, I contend all Biden's policies are so overcooked, they've become unrecognizable almost. Now, here's Lester Holt interviewing the president this week about these governors and mask mandates. Mr. President, in recent days, we've seen numerous governors from blue states roll back indoor mask requirements, essentially getting ahead of the federal government, the CDC. Are those governors wrong? Well, it's hard to say whether they're wrong. Here's, the science is saying now that masks work, masks make a difference, and there's a relationship. I think there's only one governor drawing back immediately, and most of them are somewhere in February, I mean, the end of February, March, April, they're set a time limit. And I assume it has something to do with whether the Omicron variant continues to dive in fewer and fewer cases. And because there is a relationship between the number of cases you have in your community and the need for wear masks. What a limp response. I know I'm taxing everybody's memories today, but I'm asking you again to remember that it wasn't that many months ago when brain-addled Joe said that governors Ron DeSantis of Florida and Greg Abbott of Texas were Neanderthals for rejecting CDC masking mandates for children and leaving masking decisions in the hands of, oh my nerves, parents, oh my gosh, parents. You know, the CDC never changed their mask guidance as other variants declined in incidents in communities. Again, masks don't work, Joe. Not for this disease, not for this airborne disease, not unless you're so close to somebody, maybe 18 inches away face to face and they're spitting at you. And in that case, I give it to you. Masks work. But there's no science that say that they work for COVID-19. Besides, kids don't really have a problem with COVID. Now, here's the second clip of this same interview. Should children be required to wear masks in schools? Well, look, when I got in office, only 46% of the schools were open. Now 98% of them are open, and they're wearing masks. What's happening is every day that goes by, children are more protected. We're now on, on the verge of being able to uh, have uh, shots for ch- children under the age of seven and uh, young children. And, uh, and so the more protection they have, probably you're going to see less and less requirement to have the masks. But the CDC hasn't changed its guidance on that. And it, it, the question is, with these governors making these moves, does it begin to make the government, the CDC, irrelevant that, that people will gravitate toward, you know, the advice that really fits their worldview, that this thing feels like it's over? Well, um, look, I think it's one thing to say, to talk about masks, other than to talk about shots and boosters and the like. Uh, and uh, but it's you know look it is confusing it's worrisome to people 
they're trying to figure out. But what I've tried to do, I've tried to make sure we have all the vaccines needed, all the boosters needed, all the masks are needed, all the protection is needed. Are you afraid, though, that some states and, and cities are moving too quickly to loosen indoor mask mandates? Well, you know, it's uh, I, I committed that I would follow the science, the science as put forward by the CDC and the, and the, and the federal people. And uh, I think it's probably premature, but it's, you know, it's, it's a tough call. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If all you have are vaccines and masks, everyone is mandated one of each. First, wearing masks has nothing to do with the number of schools open. Nor do you, Joe, have anything to do with school openings. Your support for school openings is like your support not to defund the police. You are the last man or woman in this nation to say you're against defunding the police, while mouthpiece Jen Psaki tries to tell us every day that you've always been at the forefront of calling for police funding. Let's review the truth, Joe. You and the CDC bowed to the teachers' unions when it came to school lockdowns and school closings. Here I go again. <laughs> Remember when reporters unearthed that Randy Weingarten was caught blue-handed in writing and demanding the CDC incorporate the teachers' union's recommendations as to when schools should be closed. That's bad enough, but it wasn't enough for the teachers' unions. They wanted the CDC to put the unions in control of when to call for school closings, according to unions' judgment that school closings were in the best interest of students. How hilarious. This union demand was so, so very easy to decode. Most people's pets, even their goldfish, decoded this message and thinly veiled demand for teacher union authority over parents and unwoke district school boards. These union-recommended clauses to the CDC's COVID-19 guidance were they were designed to benefit teachers and to demonstrate the union's political clout with the White House and a president they believe they put in charge. But back to memory lane. Do you remember how the teachers' unions demanded teachers move to the head of the vaccination lines? Oh, yeah. In early 2021, vaccines were still in short supply, and folks had to wait weeks on end to schedule and eventually receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Most of us didn't even have a choice of vaccines at the time. Now, if your health care provider had Pfizer, you got Pfizer. If they had Moderna, that's what they put in your arm. And we were thankful they were available to put in our arms. The teachers' unions, arrogance and all, declared themselves more essential than other essential workers. What nonsense this entire categorization of essential and non-essential was. But it's really unfitting uh, to the Biden administration's divisiveness about all things America. I mean, it, when you think of all the things they've done to split us into smaller and smaller pieces, into the balkanization of America, it's incredible. In 12 months... This, by the way, was strictly a CDC convention, this essential, not essential nonsense. 
Well, Joe Biden, beholding uh, good old Joe Biden, he gave in to the teachers' unions and moved them to the front of the vaccine line. (laughs) And guess what? Only 52% of them got vaccinated. And it's understandable when you think about the fact that most teachers are still women, young, many of them young women, who are just a little trepidatious about putting a foreign substance into their fertile bodies, especially if they were still planning families going forward. Well, later in the COVID story, this is why the teachers' unions continue to demand students be masked. Not for students' sake, for heaven's sake, but to protect the unvaccinated teachers. You see, the teachers' unions, and a heck of a lot of teachers, believe the science of masks as a protection against COVID. That was until Omicron variant blew the socks off of all the administration's so-called science about transmission and infection. And while we're remembering, if you're a woke school board member, you likely owe your allegiance to your district's local teachers' union. Until recently, no candidate for a school board seat got elected without the teachers' union's endorsement. The teachers' union helped finance the election campaigns of nearly all woke school board members, and they've also helped turn out the vote for these fellow woke candidates. And when parents began to attend school board meetings and asking probing questions, questions no respected Marxist should be required to answer, it was the teachers' unions who put these woke school board members in touch with the National School Board Association through their contacts at the White House. Uh, You know the story from there. But back to Joe's answers to Lester Holt. First, Joe, masks have nothing to do with the number of schools open for instruction. On the other hand, Joe, parents have everything to do with schools being open. Second, the fact that your FDA, Joe, your FDA just approved for emergency use only COVID vaccines for children under the age of five and not seven, Joe. These vaccines have nothing to do with school mandates for masks or school openings. Most of the children in school, Joe, are older than six months, all the way up to five years of age. This is the target of this new vaccine category, by the way. Third, the CDC has made itself irrelevant. They aren't following the science. They don't have a clue as to what the science is. They take all their cues from you. The most open secret about the CDC at the White House is that the CDC is taking its marching orders from the White House. <laughs> but the White House says it's following the CDC science. Somebody's fibbing. Truth be told, these 11 blue state governors, they're not going to continue to put their political careers on the line for an arrogant, insular, duplicitous, and totally political CDC? Fourth, you don't get it, Joe. You just don't get it. You put all your eggs in tiny tyrant Fauci's basket. Vaccines and more vaccines and boosters and masks and more vaccines? Please already. Yes, vaccines are important. But you've sacrificed tens of thousands of lives because you've refused to facilitate early ambulatory interventions. In fact, you, Joe, you, Tiny, the FDA, and the CDC have defamed physicians 
and condemned and restricted all attempts by thousands of emergency room and infectious disease physicians to use and try various proven off-label pharmaceuticals to treat victims of COVID infections. You and your gaggle of phonies, Joe, have thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater before you even allowed the baby to get wet. Fifth, the common man, the common woman, the common parent no longer believes you, Joe, or the CDC. They're not going to inject their five-year-old, much less their six-month-old baby, with your experimental vaccine. They're not going to risk their child's health future by taking an understudied vaccine and trade to escape your voodoo science around face masks. Sixth, at no time in Lester Holt's 22-minute interview, Joe, interview with you, Joe, Joe Biden, did you acknowledge or admit the proven emotional, social, physical, and the pathologies attributed to you and the CDC's masking policies? Donald J. Trump. Yeah, he said it very well early on. Too many jokes were made of it, though. Boys, it come back to haunt us all. Donald said, we have to be sure that the cure isn't worse than the disease. Now, that should be up in quotes over the sign at the CDC. This is exactly what's happened, and parents as well as older students aren't going to put up with it for a minute longer. And no sane blue state governor is going to set themselves on fire defending senseless child-masting edicts from the White House and the CDC. You know, 50 years ago, I was taught that children reached the age of reason somewhere around seven or eight years of age. Today, we know that young Americans don't harness the full capacity of their executive brain functions until they're in their early 20s. So what makes us believe a six-year-old, or for that matter, a teenager, can sort through the deluge of information and mandates coming their way. They needed adults in their lives to help them sort out the fact from fiction and to help them develop healthy critical thinking skills. Now, most of us aren't born critical thinkers, but everyone can learn to be one and teach others. We owe this to our children, our grandchildren, to our communities. But the one thing we as adults can do is to make sure those we elect are working in our best interest as we define them and not working for their political party's best interests or electing people who think they know what's in our best interest. Face it, we are social animals created by God and in His image. And face masks worn for hours and days on end are a form of cruel human isolation. Think about interrogation techniques. A foundational pre-interrogation approach always includes social isolation. Your jailer cuts back on all external stimuli. Continued isolation has devastating outcomes. Masks are a proven isolation tool. It separates our children from other children and from their teachers and mentors. I will not forget and I will not forgive. And I encourage you to follow in my footsteps when it comes to all things Joe Biden and his anti-American, quasi-Marxist administration. What is it I won't forget? There's not time here to even bullet point list. All the chaos and destruction the Biden administration has purposely heaped on America and Americans. Why won't I forget? And what is it I won't forget? 
I want to remain fully cognizant of all the destructive, evil, nefarious, malicious, malignant, venomous, and poisonous things puppet Joe Biden and his merry Marxist men and women are doing to us. During last week's Frankly Daniel show, I laid the foundation for why so-called progressive Democrats are pushing America towards its second civil war. Let me stop here and thank you for your awesome listenership in response to last week's show. It registered off the charts, and I'm eternally grateful for your ears to its message. Hopefully you'll give our time today the same kind consideration. We must remember and hold Democrats accountable. I will not forget, and I will not forgive. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. Until next week, God bless you all. 